On 11.16 SEM, The Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to The Four Diegos on 11.16 SEM, Melbourne's home of sport. Here on a Wednesday night, Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Hey, and thanks to finding on another fantastic show. He'll be back tomorrow night from 7. And of course, the boys from the Wonder Years. Milne and Zanna's talking about 1973. Uh, Carlos, you were even born then. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you there, Rodrigo? G'day to you too. Yes. G'day. <laughs> Bonza. <laughs> Bonza Barry Crocker. G'day. <laughs> and uh, Warren, you've decided to turn up. Welcome to the show. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, no. A, it's a pleasure for you to be here. Yeah, thank you. It is. With it me. Is. There were actually a couple of SMSs last mm. week mm. just suggesting you have no resilience. Yeah, man flu, inverted commas. Yeah. yeah. No resilience. Mm. I was a bit sicker than you think. Oh, no, no, I stood up for you. I thought yeah. you were really Yeah, no, sick. we said, no, yeah. we, we categorised. Well, I got rid of a Prime Minister. That's <laughs> enough to bring on any illness. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about that this week because you weren't here last week <laughs> and it was the opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity missed, unfortunately. It was. Vinny Venezuela's not here tonight. No. Um, he mm. has decided to get some sun. For it's all the a... little chickadees out there, don't switch off yet. <laughs> yeah, bad luck. We're still very, very handsome, ruggedly handsome on the inside. We've turned off the um, <laughs> the... the Camera in the studio, though, haven't we? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have. No, periscope. No. no periscope tonight. Definitely uh, yeah. good heads for radio, uh, yes. the Diego's. Hey, thanks for your company tonight. Uh, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. We'll do the Q&A with the boys uh, very, Rodrigo's very soon. Q&A. Rodrigo's Q&A. I'll introduce it because you don't want to talk about it. No, yourself. it's a self-titled yeah, yeah. Q&A. It actually drives the show, the Yeah, Q&A. it does. It does. I mean, it, it, it gives us a good... Hour at least. Fantastic response <laughs> from people on yeah, the Q and A. Yeah, thanks You're for like, your tweets um, as well. Yeah, you are like Lee Sales and um, yeah, what's mm. his name? Tony Jones. Tony Jones. Yeah, Tony Jones. Anyway, we'll do that in a minute as well. But yep. um, also, hey, Carlos, it's been fantastic. Yeah. All the local football the, out the, and about. The, you the, were out and about at the weekend. Well, of course, there was a romance. The romance. Of the uh, FFA Cup last night. Mm. But on the weekend, I decided to go out and just watch some of the uh, the pub league stuff. This no, wasn't a paid appearance, Carlos? No, not no? at all. No. no, there was no uh, entertainment or anything. It wasn't pub leagues at all. There was a very, very good standard at Oakley, Jack. Uh, Edwards Reserve. I hadn't been there in years. Mm. And I went there to have a look at uh, the playoffs uh, between the uh, First Division Giants, Bulleen Lions, and also um, Richmond. And uh, they were the two winners of their leagues, and they were just playing off uh, just to see who was the best. You know, who, there was a grand final. They call it yeah. the grand final. And, of course, there was a playoff between uh, Moreland Zebras and also Melbourne Victory, the Kiddies. Right. Because they're vying to get into the Premier League. Yeah, and, of course, yeah. the Kiddies at Melbourne Victory won. So they're all celebrating. They're going to play a playoff against North Geelong now. But it was a fantastic day. Community football, the Savlakis, what <laughs> Oakley have done uh, to their facility is unbelievable. Yeah. It's, I just reckon... Um, the FFA Cup has put a snap in the shorts of all these clubs. It has. It has. Absolutely. And, Fantastic. And the, and the cold weather kind of snaps <laughs> us back stuff, out yeah. of it, really, Absolutely, doesn't it? Yeah. But, uh, hey, you know who was uh, having some fun? Uh, it is uh, 
Our great mate, Nick yeah. uh, from Lease Express. Of course. He, um, while, while he's not giving people fantastic uh, deals on novated leases, yeah. um, he's the, actually the assistant coach for the Western Suburbs Soccer Club. And they won the State 1 Seniors Northwest Championship, which is fantastic. Well done, Nick. And uh, also the senior coach, uh, Terry Antoniard, is there. Well done, boys, for winning the um, Northwest uh, Championship for the State Seniors 1. That's fantastic yep. to the Western Suburbs no, Soccer Club. No, he's a good guy. And... Um been to a couple of games with him from yes. time to time. He's and, of big... course, and the Savlaki's there at Western <laughs> Suburbs. I think it's Ralph Street in uh, Ardea, I think the ground is. And, again, uh, played on that ground many, many times back in the, uh, you know, uh, when I was running around. Yeah, just, well, just you know, a, a long of, time couple, ago. A couple of years ago. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, anyway, but now it's a really nice facility there, too. Great Savlaki's at the club. Yep. Community football, love it. Absolutely, and I hear uh, Lease Express uh, shout at the bar that night yeah. too. So well done, Nick, to you and your team. Yeah, no, and Terry, of course. I don't well. have quite big stories, although can I say that uh, the Point Cook under eleven girls played Western Suburbs? They yep. did play that team this season. Did and you beat uh, them? And I think they were a little bit too good for us. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's really good to be involved in clubs. You know, the parents of the girls have made a decision that we're going to play against the girls over summer every Sunday just to keep them rolling into the next season. So, so, so the parents are going to yeah, play the girls? Yeah, the parents girls. are going to play it... the girls every Sunday morning. Is that allowed under the collective bargaining agreement? <laughs> you know, they need to have a rest. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's organic. It's a yeah. coming together of, of everyone. So, so I hope it's not like... For you, shirts off. No, no, because no. Because that would be, be an ugly sight for the girls. Well and truly, shirts on. Shirts Actually, on. The World Cup was nearly cancelled in Brazil when Warren took his, his, his shirt yeah, off. No, but, oh, uh, don't you start talking, my <laughs> brother. That's, that's fair. A fair call you, guys room, you guys roomed together. Yeah, in the, we, we did. We did. We'll tell you what. Um, stop short at the showering together. But uh, There's um, a pretty liberal Brazilians <laughs> who were pretty scared about what you guys did. Mind <laughs> you, one thing we will say about Brazil it doesn't matter what size or shape you were. Yeah, that's true. No. They used to oh. get their gear off in budgie smugglers with the tanning oil. Up and down no the copa. I joined them. Me and Vinny joined them. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, what's the hot topic tonight, Carlos? The hot Carlos? topic, you know, on the back of Diego Costa and his shenanigans over there in the EPL on the weekend. <laughs> Got to love him. You know, just, just provoking Gabriel <laughs> into kicking him viciously and getting him sent off. And, of course... Uh, uh, after the game, it wasn't a vicious kick. Yeah, I know it wasn't. It was just it was a touch. ridiculous. But you know, really, the the, the referee there. I mean, he was standing Mike right Dean. There. Mike what Dean. could you expect from him, though? Unbelievable. Ordinary. Unbelievable. He's a full time ref too, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't uh, all go well show. for our referees, does it? But uh, anyway, with him, you know, uh, getting the guys sent off, he's got a, he's got a lot of previous in this area. There's a lot of people out there who hate Diego Costa. Mm. Just hate the way he goes about it. Uh, and he's probably, if you, if you list the, you know, the most hated footballers in world football history, he'd probably be one of them. He'd be up there. Yeah, even for the, by the Chelsea fans. <laughs> they don't like him. Tonight's hot topic is, on the back of that, I want our listeners to go a step further. Send us through an SMS with the player that you most hate respect. Hate respect. It's hate respect. Because you do respect him. Yeah, yeah. No, well, he... you hate him first. Yeah, absolutely. But you'd love him in your side because mm. you respect him. So yeah. we're talking about in world football history here. Which player do you hate respect? Mm. Now, for me, it's got to be John Terry. I, I, I just can't. Whenever I watch him run around, I'm thinking, how could you have played so many games for England? How could you have won so many things for Chelsea? You, you know, you sleep with your, your, your players, you know, your, your teammates' <laughs> girlfriends. and I mean, you do all this stuff. It's because he's tired, Carlos. Oh. Yeah, I think... Oh, um, I, I hate respect him. No, and 
I've been thinking about this too because you've got to taking away bias. I don't know whether Luis Suarez. I love, <laughs> love, love him as a Liverpool player, but I don't even know whether he's so bad in many ways <laughs> that I don't think you can but hate you, respect but, him. So you love hate respect him. Yeah, love, hate, respect. Yeah. But Jose Mourinho is probably the person for me. As I know he's not a player, but yeah. as a manager, he's one of those guys you absolutely hate. Really? I don't hate him. No. I, I do. Yeah, you would. But you've got to respect him. Yeah. Although he's in the third year of his contract at Chelsea. You know and you, would, and you would have loved year? him to coach Liverpool oh, all those absolutely. years ago when they were talking about absolutely. him before Chelsea, yep. him coming around. Yeah, 0 sure. That's the hotline number tonight, mate, or text message. Please make sure you send us a text message there. What about Kevin Musket? You know, I mean, <laughs> as a player, as a player, oh, yeah. you know, a lot, of pe- a lot of people actually hate, disrespected him. Yeah, uh, true. But I actually hate respected him because yeah. he could play. He but, could play. Um, but as a player... Yep. Um, I think there's a lot of love respect for him as as a coach at the moment. But I think that... there, I mean I think you can say that yeah you hated him as a player but you got to respect him <laughs> exactly. for what he is as a manager. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. 043 or give us a call tonight on 9429 Let us know uh you know which player in world football do you hate respect and Marcus from South Melbourne has called us. G'day Marcus, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? Yeah, very well, Marcus. I couldn't help but think of John Terry as soon as you said that, but I think the one that everyone hated and respected, you'll have to go back a few years to these, for this one was old Ron Chopper Reed, who played about five or 600 games for Chelsea back in the old days. Oh, jeez, that's a while back. And he set the club record for the games. Yep. Uh, he played in a European championship and a premiership team and the great Chelsea team. And he was also the dirtiest, foulest bloke you'd ever see in your life. The Chelsea <laughs> guys loved him. And I reckon John Terry just took off after him. Okay. So when did this Chopper Reed play for Chelsea, Marcus? Oh. What, what oh, era was in- it? It was back in the old days when, when Chelsea and Leeds were at each other. Oh, in the 70s, in the 70s. 70, 71, yeah. 72, 73. Yep. Uh, he, was, he was the captain. He played over 500 games for them, but he got his name Chopper for a reason. <laughs> he has ears too, yes? <laughs> yes, yes. Very good. So I just wanted to point out Excellent. that uh, John's taken after him and have a good show, gentlemen. Oh, good thank you, you very much. Thanks good on you, Marcus. Always appreciate yep. your call here on a Wednesday night. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. If you've got a, a memory of one of the players that you hate, respect, uh, give us a call. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Uh, getting getting a few interesting text yeah. messages. Uh, Patrick Vieira's up there. Inzaghi oh, yeah. is up there. Brett from uh, St Albans said Pat- Patrick Vieira. Um, Brian from Footscray. Mine is Arsene Wenger. Yeah, okay. A bit of hate respect for us. Yeah, well, he just lies to you the whole time, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's something that's so blatant. Everyone in the world's seen it. And he'll come in and say, no, I just didn't quite see that. You You've know? got to respect his longevity. I actually want to launch <laughs> later on about him. All right, we'll do yeah. that uh, when Mike McGrath's on. But uh, let's, let's get stuck into the Q&A because obviously there was a, there was a bit of FFA Cup last night, a bit of action. Oh, romance. And, uh, romance, definitely. And uh, three Victorian teams were in action and two got through, Carlos. And victory, of course, defeated Adelaide 3-1 and Hume City in extra time or after extra time defeated Oakley Cannons 3-2. So Hume City into a semi-final as uh, Melbourne victory. But... Uh, Look, I've got to say, my heart just sank when yeah. I saw Archie Thompson go down right in injury time there. And uh, look, 
It doesn't. It doesn't look good. No, Carlos. Did we need? By, by the way, before we get to the injury mm. and, and what mm. it means for Archie, did they have to play it three or four times from different angles? I mean, really, the family. I was. I was cringing every time I saw it. Mm. I only needed to see it once. It's the nature of it, Carlos. Yeah. I mean, you look at. You remember Nathan Brown? Was it yeah, but, Nathan no, Brown? But Warren, in your heyday, <laughs> mm. if you were, if you were, you know, brought down like that, and your family and friends were watching at home, yes. Right? And they and you kept on playing. That would have been traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially the daughters, Archie's daughters, which I, th- I believe you. you yes, no, I know. Seen them yep. at the yeah, I have at the Point Cook yeah. shopping centre. Um, Point Cook, and they played netball against yeah, my girls. Absolutely, young young girls watching their father go down like that. You show it once mm. on TV only. Don't even. What I mean, you could even hear the crowd. Sort of go ooh yeah, when yeah. it you know when it's uh, when they showed on the big screen really some common sense please no nah, it's very it was it was horrible but uh, obviously big news and of course you know victory victory looked uh, very very good too, yes good but, team um, mm. but let's I want to ask a question tonight it's all it's actually about Archie if he's out for an extended period yep. and um, you know early signs are that he could be. Um, should he have another crack? Because he's at next year. Yep. If he's out for the rest of the season, um, yep. at, he's thirty-seven years old. Should he have another crack uh, at at the A League? Not next for season? me. Not for me. I mean, I think I think this year was a really good outcome. He was able to stay on the victory list. My understanding is because of the loyalty um, payment, yeah, loyal, loyalty payment, and I think that was a great way to end. I think Archie probably took a pay cut. He could have gone somewhere else. I think. Um, Ernie Merrick, his old coach, was looking at um, taking him over the ditch. So for me, as much as it's an unfortunate way to finish his career, I'd hate for him not to be able to come back and be somewhere near his best because to me, he looked like this season as an impact player, he was going to have a really good impact for the victory. So for me, if you know you can't, Archie, retire, allow us to give you some opportunity to celebrate your career. Yeah, but the thing is, Warren, okay, he's 37, all those numbers, you know, all the fact that he's done so much, 89 goals, he's all-time top goal scorer, no one will replicate that again, unless Shane Smeltz keeps <laughs> on going, but but they're the only two, they're, it's daylight with the next lot. But it, it doesn't strike me as a bloke who who's really probably planned anything meaningful for life after football. Mm. You know, if he's still got the yard of pace, and I still think he moved pretty well when he came on last he did, night. Absolutely, used him off the bench. You know, he's very intelligent, runs and so forth. Earned the penalty within minutes of coming on. You'd think that someone like him uh, could come back and just when when your body says no more, uh, and all you know is football, you keep playing. I reckon. Well, when I wrote this question, Carlos, um, <laughs> I actually was thinking that probably you know may, maybe it's I'm caught up in the. In the sadness that you know we might not see him for the rest of the season, but but I actually think he could have another crack next year, and it could be the romance. But but yeah. this this guy's had an ACL before, um, you know he's been out, he's he's fit, you know he's quick. Uh, I don't know. I reckon. Well, I reckon victory, well, victory keeping on the book, so because it's well, pretty that, pragmatic the these days. No, no, that's the thing. From a business perspective, mm. you know that'll be the decision. But from certainly from you know if he, if he stays fit while he's re, you know, in rehab. 
Um, yeah, there's no reason. He's, he's 37. Yeah, what's he going to do after football? I mean, he I doesn't know, strike know. me that he's he's going to go he to anything. become a club ambassador. Yeah, but it's, you know, anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll wait. Coach for, the we'll, youth team. It's, it's it's certainly not a nine to five job that is. Yeah, let's wait for confirmation yeah. from the team that uh, yeah. the club rather that he. Uh, you know, are you playing next week? He might. <laughs> he might be. It might just be a what is a twisted knee? Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's what we used to have in a our j- day. A jarred kneecap. Yeah, no, it looked worse. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, last one before we go to a break. Oli Bazanic. Or Bazanic. But yeah. uh, I've got to say, uh, he looked pretty good last night. Yeah. Is he going to be an adequate replacement for Mark Milligan? Yeah, for me, he will be. He's a different type of player to Milligan. No, he's, no, he's not a different type of player. He's more of a perpetual motion man. No, he's the same. Mark Milligan's the same. Same player. I don't think he'll score as many goals. Yes, he will. No, I don't think he will. <laughs> he will. No, he won't. I he, don't scored, think. he gets into the box as yeah, many times. Yeah, he never times. did at Central Coast. Never scored as many goals. You're, you're, you just pick things out of your head. No, it's true. This is a Tony Abbott argument right now. You're just picking things out of your head. <laughs> well, he I've been scored, spending a little bit of time he, surfing he scored, with Tony in the last week. many important goals for Central Coast Mariners. Score, he's actually scores goals in the World Cup. You saw against Holland when he came on, changed the game. Yeah, nice He nearly player. scored there. He gets in a really good goal There's scoring no, position. You don't have disagreement from me. He's a good player. Yeah, but it, for me, he's like for like with Mark Milligan. Both Mark Milligan's by by the way, because he's played so much football over the years and got better and better. He's a better player right now. But Oli Bazanic, without a preseason, he's they're working him pretty hard apparently and just priming up for the first. It's a very of smart move on Oli yeah. Bazanic's um, case because I think he could probably get himself into the same sort of picture for Socceroos as what Mark Milligan has through his time at the Socceroos, which is pretty much a pivotal part of that oh, yeah. team. Ange Postacoglu was in the crowd last he night. Was. And I don't, I can't think off the top of my head who else he would have been watching last night other than uh, Oli Bazanic, uh, maybe Vukovic in goal, uh, Craig Goodwin. I know they, they've got an eye on him for the future. Uh, there might be one or two players, but I think Oli Bazanic would have been big on his list. He looked very, very comfortable in that team last night. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how Oli Bazanic goes. Hey, uh, when we come back from the break, we'll continue with the Q&A. We'll talk about the FFA Cup, uh, of course, and... Uh, um, and also the uh, Socceroo squad to play Jordan um, as well. And uh, Tommy Rogic. Tommy Rogic. Let's take a break now on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Scottish football, once a simple game played by semi-illiterates, now a multi-million pound industry played by semi-illiterates. Jeez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. It's a cool 10 degrees here on a Wednesday night in Melbourne town. It is the Diego's and uh, the hot topic tonight, Carlos, uh, what was that? Yeah, on the back of uh, Diego Costa's, uh, you know, getting someone's... Provo- you know, he didn't deserve three games. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. No, he Not only do we hate him, but the judiciary... Judiciary? <laughs> Judiciary. <laughs> Judiciary in the, at the English FA hate him. He never looks fit, but, Diego Costa, no, either. he just looks like he's looking... Roly, pit, roly, he's poly. One, he's one of those guys, if you're at the, you, know, you know how they say nothing good happens after 2 o'clock in the morning? Yep. He's one of those guys at a nightclub. He just wants to pick a fight. <laughs> uh, if you went out with him, yeah. if you were mates with him, yeah. every, every time you went yeah. out, you'd just be expecting something uh, to happen. Absolutely. He scores frequently, <laughs> Absolutely. But, but anyway, on the back of he trying to get Gabriel. Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel. Whatever. Gabriel. What happened to him? Is he... No, he's, he's, had his, he's had his red card Jeez. rescinded. So yeah. he's, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Anyway... Um, 
Diego Costa, he's the most hated bloke in world football this week. And on the back of that, we're asking for anyone out there to just name any player they hate respect. Yes. So it's not just hate. No. But you, you hate him first and then you respect him. Because you'd like him in your in your team. Exactly. By the way, we can go W League here too. It Absolutely. doesn't have to be a male. It could be a female. If you hate a female, but be you know, how can you ever hate? Hate's hate a very strong word. Yeah, yeah you can't. No, you just respect the females. But anyway, <laughs> don't, anyone, don't be you hate, anyone you, you hate, anyone you hate, respect the female. <laughs> put true. it there. Zero. They don't want to get paid equal equal pay. <laughs> exactly. Hate respect any footballer in world football, male or female. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That is the hotline text uh, number. Claudio Gentile, because he <laughs> Carlos, because he played in our position. That's from John yes. from Sunshine. Yes, uh, yes, John. Uh, I remember he, the days when John used to sort of uh, prop me up as a. I was a hack centre half. Uh, leaky defence. Yes. You know, I used to play the Civil Defence really well. And John from uh, Sunshine did very well, but I was nowhere near as good as uh, Claudio Gentile, that's for sure. Absolutely. Keep the text coming in, John. Gary Cole was a love-hate respect. Uh, <laughs> love-hate respect uh, for us South Melbourne uh, Hellas fans. That's Peter in Cheltenham. That's a really good one, you know, because I still remember Gary Cole being top goal scorer every year. He'd scored so many goals for South Melbourne. I think, not for South Melbourne, for Heidelberg, I think he scored most of his goals. Uh, but he missed so many. Like, for every goal he scored, he probably missed five. So he could actually have rewritten the record books in goal scoring if he'd scored <laughs> even half the goals he'd missed. So Gary Cole was one of those guys that was much maligned, even though he'd score for fun. Even for the Socceroos, because yep. uh, we'd play a lot of the minnows, and, uh, and of course, but he'd miss a lot of goals too. Absolutely. Did Harry Kuehl ever get to that level? What, hate, respect? Yeah. I think there was a little Liverpool bit of... fans. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. He yeah, did. Liverpool, for Liverpool fans, fans oh, for, sure. for sure. Yeah. Definitely. There was a bit of hate, disrespect for his um, agent there for and a while. And also Leeds, Leeds fans too when <laughs> yes. he left too. Yep. What about uh, hate, respect for Lubo? Lubo Milicevic. How can you, you can't. Hate you couldn't. You know, on the you know, the night when he came in, yeah. did the show. He bought his lollies, top on. Carlos. He bought lollies. Yeah, in. yeah. He didn't have his top on, but that's okay. That's all right. It was hot. Yeah, it, it was, was very hot. Was, Lubo was temperamental. Good footballer. And you know, when he switched on. Uh, just lost his way a little bit now and again. So you can't hate respect no, that. No. Billy Bremner from Leeds, Steve Heidelberg. <laughs> yeah, yes. True. True. Yes. Mario Balotelli, that's John in Pascoe. Oh, oh, he's lovable. Come on. He's lovable hate respect. Yeah. Cute yeah. hate respect. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Scored on the week. Apparently yeah. scored on the weekend yeah. too. Uh, Skulls, it's AJ from oh, Pascoe. No. You must be thinking of Roy Keane, not Skulls. <laughs> no, one's, no one said Roy Keane. Oh, you know. couldn't put Skullsy in the same category. I mean, he was. You know, Giggsy and Skullsy, yeah. and yet I, even as a Liverpool fan, I sort of hated Manchester United, but you couldn't hate them, but you could hate Roy Keane. Oh, yeah, easy. Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. Peter Smichael, yeah, I hated yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> as an avid Melbourne Croatia supporter from years gone by, definitely Mehmet Djurakovic, Peter Solakis, and Konbutsianis. Nah, oh, actually, Konbutsianis did provoke the Melbourne. Knights fans. I used to be there at Summer Street and watch him sometimes. Uh, but, you know, Peter Salakis, no. Little cutie. Yeah, well, there you go. It's, and the um, other one, uh, was it Member Durakovic? He was a saint. No, Member he Durakovic. was solid. Maybe that's yeah. why there was a bit of reliable no. dislike respect. No, they, were, they were fine. But I can see Kombutsianis, by the way. Yes, he, uh, yeah. he, he was the sort of player that used to antagonise the opposition. Dougie Brown uh, with the Hellas fans. Uh, Charlie Yankos. Yeah. One. I tell you what, if you want to talk about antagonising the Hellas fans, John Markowski. <laughs> I tell you what, he needs to just lap it up too. John Markowski, he's one that I'm sure, I'm surprised we haven't got one of those yet. Keep them coming. A, bit, a couple have said Cantona, Eric Cantona. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. 
Hey, keep them coming. Uh, Shane Smeltz, Tim from Croydon. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the Q&A here, gents, because um, Hume City, uh, can they – they defeated Oakley Cannons last night 3-2. Ripper game. In the FA Cup. And, Ripper and, game. Absolutely. Theo Markella scored two goals, and then uh, Marcus Schroen scored uh, the goal right at the death there for the winner. It was uh, unbelievable. So they um, – can they do the unthinkable – is it unthinkable now and make the FFA Cup final? It's not unthinkable um, because you get to a semi-final and, you know, you're suddenly starting to get into these semi-finals around the time that the A-League clubs are in their season. So, you know, in terms of management of players and all that sort of stuff, although they're not playing in their seasons now, so whether they can keep their players going, look, it's definitely... It's definitely an opportunity. I would have thought Heidelberg may have been the you know the best chance, maybe knocking off Melbourne City next week. But um, now they're in the semi. It just depends, doesn't it? You wouldn't think they could beat Victory. Of course, it's a, it's a, like it's like you've never watched a game of sudden death football before. Anything can happen. Mm. Anything. Of course, you'd love it to be Heidelberg playing Hume because then you get one of them in the final, yep. and then the the real Cinderella story could happen. Um, can you imagine if, um, well, I suppose if Heidelberg draws one of the other ones, they beat City and draws either Perth or West Sydney Wanderers, mm. and Hume gets through and suddenly it's a Heidelberg-Hume <laughs> final, grand final, or, sorry, cup <laughs> final. And, of course, uh, you know, Heidelberg will have uh, like, uh, for Costas one night. Yeah, Katsuranas. Yeah, the, the yeah. one night only Costas Katsuranas. It'll be two nights after that. Yeah, if yeah they two nights. So, yeah. Uh, who's Hume going to go and get? As they're, as they're, so there's you know, no, nothing only. in the rules around this type of thing, obviously. Yeah, I'd pitch for Lionel Messi. <laughs> just one off. Or Sterling or someone. Just pay, find, find a rich, rich benefactor. <laughs> I'm talking about a million bucks. Yeah. And bring him over for a game. Pay him a million dollars a week. No one gets that money. I don't think uh, Messi's getting that much money in Barcelona. No, no, nowhere near that. Yeah, you, pay, you pay a million to Barcelona, a million to Messi. And a million for the insurance. Yeah, right. that's right. So three million is nothing for someone who's really wealthy. Messi. And bring and Hume will have Messi on their list. That's how that's how you do it. Oh no, no. no. Could he could they win with Messi? Oh, yeah. I reckon he could. I reckon they could. Uh, he's one no, player. Seriously. He's one player that could you just You just give him, him the ball? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. But anyway, um of course the next games are Heidelberg and uh, Melbourne City and then Perth Glory and Western City one. Heidelberg are a red hot chance, yep. I think. Although I've been really impressed with Melbourne City, what I've seen. It'll be very interesting to see the type of team they put out, but I give Heidelberg a red-hot chance. On the of, bumpy bumpy Olympic Village? Yep. Yeah. Uh, if they score house, first, if they score first yeah. they're a red-hot chance, and yeah. I'm a City fan. Yeah, full house, uh, you know, uh, you know, we know George Kasakis and also Jeff Oliver there on uh, who are coaching the uh, Heidelberg team. They'll be up. They'll be they'll be feeding raw meat to these boys. <laughs> if Melbourne City, because of course it's an, almost a derby, you know, because their little training yes. centre is very oh, close. True. It's right up the road. Yep, if Melbourne City come just a little bit complacent, they're in for a real <laughs> shock. And you know, to me, to me, this is. They went out last season when they played in Ballarat against Sydney. I think in the sixteen yeah. or somewhere. For me, this is a really important game for Melbourne City. I think it stamps them as a team that's turned the corner and are going to be hard to beat. They have to go to this place next week. They have to win. They get in a semi-final. Say it's a derby. 
Yeah. You know, say it's a, a, against Melbourne victory in the semi-final. Suddenly, because the one thing we know, victory are going to be a damn good team this season. On face value, City yep. have improved, but they have to stand up, and this is a great chance for them to do it early but, on. But City, they're, they're built for summer. Right, yep. they don't, they lost in Ballarat when it was cold. Yes, they did. Yep. Next next Tuesday night, cold, windy. Cold. I mean, Heidelberg has never seen sun. No, <laughs> that side of town's never seen sun. Right, yeah. and no, you're I'm right. You, they, they go, it's like they're going to Alaska to play. Yep. And with the wind chill factor, I mean, I tell you, they'll be wearing the gloves. The wet Melbourne City will be wearing the gloves and the long johns and all that mm. sort of stuff. The city players. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is they're going to get in their cars and have to travel no more than 15 minutes. <laughs> they're going to feel like they're playing on Mars. They could walk to there's, the ground. There's no vitamin D in <laughs> no, Heidelberg. No. Anyway. And Harry Nabello and, <laughs> no. and that, they're no. just not going to know it's what It's in their contract do. they don't play at Heidelberg, right? So that's <laughs> what I'm saying. A little bit of complacency. Suddenly Heidelberg, they're on top. They'll eat them alive. Here we go. Got a couple of suggestions who they should bring over. Bring Matroglu over. Um, would kick five, maybe Lewandowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't bring him over for the whole yes. game. Just fly him over for ten minutes in the second half. Yeah, that's right. And Peter in Cheltenham, who's getting a lot of sun. Uh, Hume would get Hume would get Hakan Suka. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, he, he'd be getting on a bit, Pete, right now. Hakan Suka. He was actually a very good player many years ago. Mm. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, the Socceroo squad uh, was announced. The the team to take on Jordan um, and. Uh, Trent Sainsby, James uh, Troisi, and Tommy Urich are into this squad, as is James Meredith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is this yeah. any big surprises? Look, James I, Meredith is, yeah, I suppose. He's one of those guys that's been mentioned in, in dispatches over mm. time, this James Meredith. And I thought, okay, well, you know, someone knows that he's, he's probably an Aussie bloke but lived overseas all this time and they've sort of plucked the fact that he's, he's able to play for Australia. And I'm thinking he's a kid. Like he's might be an eighteen year old kid coming through the ranks. We'll keep an eye on him. He's twenty seven. Mm. He's twenty seven years old. He's been in and around the uh, the lower leagues, but respected everywhere he goes. Did a bit of research on him today. Twenty seven years old, and just kept an eye on him. Scored a goal for Bradford City on the weekend. Yep. And they're looking for depth, and why not? Why not? Why not bring him in for depth? Um, as his bench uh, has uh, been rested. Uh, so Jason Davidson at the moment seems to be the number one left back. Mm. Uh, but James Meredith, he's one good performance or one good training session away from uh, doing very well. You know, maybe- you know, Carlos, what you do when you look at this squad, If back in the old Socceroos days where we were at our greatest and, you know, you looked at the, the squad list, say, before they played Argentina and the teams they were associated with, Aloisi, Kuhl, yeah. so forth and so on. And you look at this team... And if you were, if you looked at where they're playing, and you were thinking to yourself, "Okay, I'll just look where they're playing. I won't look at the names," you'd think it was perhaps the most poorly constructed Socceroos <laughs> team of all time, based on where they're playing at what level. But the way he's brought this team together, because you know, Korea, England, China, the Netherlands, Scotland, you know, and the list goes on. It's just quite amazing how this team has come together, and you know. You take out Tim Cale at 85 games, you've got no player in that squad that's played more than 50 times for the Socceroos and Mark Milligan's at 42. This is a group of players that'll be there for the whole yep. of this preparation. And yeah. Ange has built a culture there. He's, and I was talking about this on half time today. He's built a culture, he's built an environment that anyone can come in and flourish. And it's amazing what he's done. It's amazing. They talk about... Remember, I said this a long time ago, and I'll remind everyone out there. Will we remember? You did. Yeah, I, I'm what did you at, say? I, I'm saying this could be, this, this will be our next job. People say they'll be good, but they won't be. They're a golden generation, this mob. 
They are a golden generation. Some of them, Matthew Leckie is playing for Ingolstadt in the um, Ingle, in uh, Bundes. in the Bundesliga at the moment. They're fifth. He's playing every game. He was subbed mm. in the 88th minute on the weekend. Uh, the other ones, uh, there's a couple of others who are doing quite well in Holland. Um, you know, even the boys are playing the championship. They're only 20. I mean, Jason Davidson's 23, playing four games in the championship. He could get picked up by an okay, EPL Okay, Carlos, club. put your reputation on the line. Yep. They'll, they'll qualify. The yep. Socceroos will qualify. Can they get out of the group stage in Russia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Group stage? Uh, what, what date are we? 20, 20, <laughs> 20, 24th? Yes. September? Yep. 2015? Yeah. Three well, years to the World three, Cup. Three, okay. Three years? We would have finished in three years. Yeah. So two and, a, two and three quarter years. Yes. Right? I'm saying now we're going to get out of the first stage and give the first uh, round of Knock 16 stage. a big, big shake. Okay, a big there you shake. Go. Very good. Tommy Rogic Tommy will be a world <laughs> will be a world star by that stage. Mm. And we're, we're going to have a midfield with Tommy Rogic, uh, Massimo Longo, yep. and Mustafa Amini. Crea- yeah, creative box to box, nonchalant, Perpetual motion. Yeah, running on top of the ground. Colts. They're going to be playing. Uh, in a in a very a very creative, uh, exciting midfield mm. for Australia with uh, Matthew Leckie. Unfortunately, Timmy might not be around, so uh, Matthew Leckie will be uh, the mosquito fleet up front and uh, watertight defence. Because you know, at this moment in time, it's hard to know because we are about to finish a generation of players. You know, the Ronaldo's, the Messi's, and the <laughs> don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. It's hard to know. It's hard to know the team that will dominate the next World Cup. I think it's the most open it will ever be because we're losing, we're losing mm. the the generation of the Ronaldos and the Messis, and and the German team's going to look completely different. It's they could win it, Carlos. Well, <laughs> well Australia's fourth game is in Amman on October the eighth, and Jordan, who are sitting second in Group B, uh, haven't lost a game either yet. Uh, clearly, Australia and Jordan are. Probably the two standouts of this group. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath from The Sun right after this on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Former Aussie fast bowler Jeff Thompson once said, I enjoy hitting batsmen. It doesn't worry me in the least to see a batsman hurt, rolling around screaming and blood on the pitch. Geez, cricket's a great game for kids. We are the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. And coming up after the Diego's, it's All Night Appetite with Scott Cooney, so make sure you stick around for that. It's been a big night so far, and uh, let's go to the UK now and catch up with our man from the sun, Mike McGrath. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, Rodrigo here. you got uh, Warren Diego, who's decided to come back, and uh, <laughs> Carlos Alberto Diego. Now, Mike, uh, our hot topic tonight, in light of uh, Diego Costa and uh, the fact that you know he seems to be probably the most hated uh, player in English football, uh, of what he did with uh, Gabriel there um, for Arsenal. The, the hot topic tonight is... Uh, which player do you hate respect? And we're getting a lot of uh, text messages tonight. Mike, I'm going to ask you the question. <laughs> Which player do you hate respect? Meaning that you don't like him, but you'd like to have him in your team. Well, I, I, I probably um, Suarez. You know, oh. he's, um, you know, he had that, when he was over here, he probably, you know, he had that kind of nastiness about him. 
you know that, that kind of element of you know like Craig Bellamy was before. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have him in your living room, but you'd have him in your football team. <laughs> um, and Costa's probably you know Costa's probably on that um, on that par at the moment as well because yeah, people are, people are really upset about it over here. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, do you think that the uh, the FA or the uh, the people, you know, the, what we call a match review panel here <laughs> in Australia, do you think that they got it right, uh, overturning Gabriel's red card or rescinding the red card and, and giving uh, Costa three games, given that Jose Mourinho is coming out and saying that the decision res- uh, to, to do that was ridiculous? Yeah, um, I actually think that they got this one wrong. I just think, uh, you know, we've, well, yeah, Costa himself had a bit he had a clash earlier on in the season with Fernandinho at City, where he ended up. Um, it was, you know, it was uh, Costa who ended up, uh, you know, battered, bruised, and he actually had, you know, bandage around his head. Nothing came of that. I think there's probably something wrong with the system, where, you know, because um, Mike Dean hadn't seen the incident with Koscielny, then the FA can do it. Uh, that's the only time that they can step in. I think there's something wrong with that. And also, I just think it was you know, a, a really aggressive striker trying to get on top of uh, a defender, which has happened since the Premier League started and well before that. People like Duncan Ferguson, Kevin Davies, you know, they thrived on aggression. Diego Costa, I think, has copped a lot for this when, you know, he's just kind of getting in the face of central defenders, which... I think um, is a legitimate part of the game if you know if it's on the right side of the law. Now, Mike, I want to ask you about Arsenal. I watched that game and they ended up going down to nine men, not just uh, ten men. But I know they finished the season so well last year under Arsene Wenger, but they didn't really do a lot in the in the transfer window in terms of really changing their team. And to me, they still lack that necessary aggression, that necessary, you know, hardness about their performance to be able to see them compete over a whole season. And I'm just wondering if we're going to see something what we've normally seen with Arsenal, that their form peaks and troughs and they might end up okay, but they're still a long way away from being legitimate contenders. Yeah, I think, you know, Roy Keane calls a few headlines over here at the start of the season when he said uh, in his role as a pundit that you know, Arsenal players were more interested in you know their six-packs than uh, winning trophies. And I think that, you know, that, that maybe was blunt and harsh, but I think there is, a, there is an element to that, that they do need a little bit more steel. Um, they've obviously missed something in midfield since the days of uh, Vieira and Petit because they seem quite lightweight. They have done for years that they've seemed lightweight there. And now it seems that they've got a lot of the same players, you know, a lot of number 10s um, who, who are great when things are going well, but, you know, maybe maybe they need a bit more. And also up front is a problem. I think Walcott is a good player for the right game up front, but it wasn't that game at the weekend. Um, and it, obviously Giroud got sent off in the Champions League. Um, so I think they could they could definitely do with another striker as well, and, and probably should have had a gamble on somebody uh, in in the last window. 
Yeah, Mike, uh, let's talk about Arsene Wenger because obviously it's not that he's always had teams just to play pretty football and win nothing. He actually did coach and manage some really successful Arsenal teams that were very, very hard to beat. I mean, the guys like Martin Keon, David Seaman, um, you know... Um, Adams. Yeah, yeah, all those really hard men who didn't always uh, play beautiful football, but they were winners. So it's not that he hasn't built sides like that before. In the past, it's been because they moved from hybrid, went to the Emirates, they had to pay that stadium off so he couldn't spend money. But surely now, after years of being in that stadium, their financial situation should have a lot of money in the bank. Why doesn't he still spend money? I think there's, there's an element of stubbornness about it um, and the fact that he he doesn't want to waste money. I mean, he's he, he has... Spent a fair bit, you know, on Ozil and, and Sanchez. They're really big signings, but he, but basically, you know, on the face of it, they are such established players from where they were uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. They're they're not the gambles that we're talking about, uh, where you know they're, that they're kind of plucking somebody that nobody really heard of, a bit like Vieira and Petit. So there's definitely been a change of direction in that team as well since Vieira and Petit went and. A lot of faith was put in Fabregas. Obviously, he went. And now you're kind of left with the midfield where you're like, well, you know, Cockerland's okay. Cazorla is okay. And the, other, the others that I mentioned, you know, the kind of number 10s, it's like, yeah, they're really, they're really good players. Put them together. And you fancy, you know, bulldozing them um, of an afternoon if you can get on top of them. Now, Mike, I'm going to ask you a Liverpool question. I wasn't actually going to, but I am now. Um, I'm just wondering how long Brendan Rodgers has got, and I mean this in all honesty because he spends two hundred million pound or something of that nature. Daniel Sturridge is out for six months, out for six months, and as soon as he gets fit, he plays. Now that's that's great respect for the for the player, but has he got a sense of what his best team is, and is it going to cost him in the long run? Because they've normally killed Norwich at home, and they were. Just average. Mm. Well, I think he will get time because I just don't think that that's really what the the American owners are about. I don't think they're about getting rid of him, you know, five or six games into a season. But I think if things don't don't improve and there's more dramatic uh, dips in form, then he will be under pressure. I think. If you're if you're a manager at a big club not getting results, you are under pressure. But I, I just think that he will get a little bit more time. But I think that's a really valid, you know, point about what his best team is. Yeah, he went he went from four at the back that didn't work against Man U. Right, we're going to switch switch it to three at the back um, for the next game. And I think that that doesn't really point to anybody who's got their best team in mind. Um, Look, I think if Benteke's hamstring is serious for the uh, and he's out for the weekend, then his team probably picks himself. Uh, yeah, you know, and and obviously I'll try and get Sturridge involved as much as possible. But I mean, there is a game tonight as well against Carlisle. Um, if they lose that, I mean that that would be a, a a massive shock, and obviously there'd be even more pressure on Rogers um, if that happened. Hey, Mike, would I uh, like to give you a bit more time, but we can't tonight because uh, long we, we've got to go. Yeah, Warren's long question. But, hey, thanks for your time. We'll catch up with you again next week. 
Okay, speak soon. Yes, it was all about hate respect tonight, and we love respect Scott Cooney because he's on after the Diego's with all night appetite. Patrick Vieira, Cosmina, Roy Keane, Jose Mourinho, Stabber Marth, um, Matarazzi, Paolo De Canio. Thanks for your text messages. Late bet, Carlos Alberto Diego. <laughs> Van Persie was one. He's oh, yeah, a yeah, bit of hate, good. disrespect yep. for uh, all respect for Robin Van Persie. I'd hey. like them all on Diego's side. Thanks for your text messages tonight and also your calls. Don't forget, we'll be back next week. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba and La Bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Fort Diego. Olé. Olé.